0: Hello and welcome to Building Local Power, a podcast dedicated to thought-provoking conversations about how we can challenge corporate monopolies and expand the power of people to shape their own future. I'm Jess Del Fiacco, host of Building Local Power and communications manager here at the Institute for Local Self-Reliance. For 45 years, ILSR has worked to build thriving, equitable communities where power, wealth, and accountability remain in local hands. Today, I'm excited to be joined by Brenda Platt, my colleague at ILSR who directs our composting work, uh, as well as Kisaya Bascom, who runs Offbeat Compost in the Lowell, Massachusetts area. Kisaya also serves on the steering committee for the National Community Composter Coalition. Uh, Welcome, guys. Thank you. Thank you. And I think I'm going to put Brenda on the spot first. Uh, Brenda, can you talk a little bit about why we wanted to have this conversation today?
1: Yeah, you know, we're in this moment of a horrible confluence of a deadly disease, you know, ongoing police brutality and systemic racial problems, and climate destruction, which is not going away. And all of these are impacting society and public health and disproportionately people, businesses, and communities of color. So, you know, I wanted to start off, Kasaya, just asking you how how are you mentally and emotionally at this time
2: yeah thank you for that question how are you at this po- point in life is such a loaded question and it's it's hard to to say last week was really was really hard you know i think with you know reading just watching the current political conversations that were happening i personally as a black woman have felt attacked you know by our um, government. And so I think it, it's been really hard to move forward. And as a business owner, sort of deal every day, the ongoing process of dealing with COVID-19 and making sure that my team feels safe and protected, that my community feels informed and feels safe and protected. And um, just that we can keep business running. It's it's hard to balance that with, with my own personal emotions. And I think. Luckily, I have people in my life who I can talk to about this. And, um, you know, I have a support team of like a board of advisors for Offbeat Compost who is kind of stepping up to, to help out. And I think this week I feel like I have created a clear path forward for Offbeat and for myself. Um, yeah, I think day to day, if you are in any way aware of what's going on, it can hit you differently it can hit hard so thanks for that question
0: <laughs> i i know we're we're putting one more thing on your to-do list just by asking you to talk to us today so i really really appreciate you taking the time
1: yeah and it is it is an exhausting time no doubt about it you know i was drawn to talking to you at this particular time because offbeats you know mission to connect environmental goals with social justice values and i know from your website you know offbeat compost is committed to creating, a quote, a resilient green economy and greater low that generates local green jobs, empowers community members to be land stewards, and contributes to an environmentally sustainable and just landscape. Let's back up. Tell us about Offbeat Compost, how you're doing this, what this means to you, and really it just seems so important and vital now, even more than before.
2: Thank you. Yeah, in so many ways, those are words of aspiration, and we strive for it every day, and some things we've succeeded in and some things we haven't. But I think I have to talk about my background. You know, I sort of entered the realm of food justice and food access at a younger age. Um, I discovered a nonprofit in Boston called The Food Project, uh, where they were doing a wonderful job of merging youth development with urban agriculture and using food as a really wonderful conversation to bring communities together across cultures. And I think working at that right after I graduated from college really helped me see how powerful the tool of food is and having those types of conversations. Going forward, I've worked in a lot of different nonprofits that sort of use food uh, as a connective power um, and conversation to talk about food justice and food access, which is an issue that's really important to advocate for, especially in urban communities, where a lot of times they haven't had the same opportunities and access, quite often intentionally, to fresh, affordable, culturally appropriate food. So that's, that's sort of my background. And then I was doing that work in the nonprofit space mostly, um, which has helped me learn and grow so much and also comes with its own set of frustrations um, because nonprofits are in themselves sort of an industrial complex. And I'm sure a lot of people have been hearing terms around systemic racism and. I think in every aspect of our lives that's something that you we we encounter you know um but personally having been in that space for a long time I was really feeling the the weight of it um and wanted to branch off into my own thing understanding that food is still really important to me and where I have the most knowledge um so I came up with a composting company offbeat compost so we collect household, restaurant, and business food scraps and are diverting them from landfills and incinerators. And uh, we started by just composting all of it ourselves, but then grew pretty quickly, much more quickly than anticipated. Um, And so now we bring it to different places where they're composting it. And we're actually, we're working to create uh, a little small educational composting site. But the idea is sort of, this is a social enterprise. So we're, we're making money off of offbeat compost members pay to be a part of the program we're trying to be really mindful and intentional about the growth of this type of business it's not simply to make money but it's also a type of business that has hopefully strong impacts on the environment as we're reinvesting you know the actual the compost that we're making back into local soils to help grow local food um, to provide fresh affordable culturally appropriate food to members of the community we're trying to be really intentional about how we're structuring the business so the folks that we employ you know we want to pay them more than a living wage that's really important and then as I mentioned we have a Board of Advisors, and I've tried to be really intentional about making that reflective of the diverse community that we have here. So I think you know it's it's all of that, and at the same time, a, a, a business. Mm. So <laughs> <laughs> we're doing what we can, but yeah, it's definitely to have a mission in place. I think helps every day sort of frame the work that we're doing and strive to make real change in our community. Have you
0: found that there, or did you find, and sorry for the pun, but was there a an appetite for um, this business already um, in your community? Or do you kind of have to do a lot of outreach and education to engage community members and, you know, encourage them
2: to join the program or participate? Yeah, interesting question. I think in Massachusetts, Brenda, you can probably attest to this, there are already a decent amount of companies who are who are doing this work. So it wasn't necessarily a foreign idea. And I think there were people in the region who were looking for a service that was similar to the ones that were offered in other parts of Mass that weren't, were in the Lowell area yet. And then also because my previous job had been as community program manager at um, an organization called Mill City Grows, I'll plug them, (laughs) So that job like put me in really good contact with a lot of other community organizations. So when I launched Offbeat, I felt very fortunate to have a lot of people in the community who sort of helped spread the word. Um, But yeah, it's definitely an ongoing process of outreach and spreading the information. Uh, A lot of it happens through word of mouth.
1: Well, talking about puns, we might just Clarify to our listeners, Offbeat is spelled (laughs) O-F-F-B-E-E-T, a play on Offbeat, so I don't know if there's anything you want to say about your name. (laughs) You know,
2: yeah, thanks for calling that to attention. Um, I have always wanted to have something be Offbeat. Honestly, I thought I was going to have an Offbeat sandwich shop at one point. (laughs) (laughs) So I just that is so aligned with who I am as a as a person. But I also do, you know, it, it made so much sense to attach it to composting because I think the people who are signing up for this program are off beat. They're at the forefront of something that's really important that as a society globally we should be embracing, you know, and we used to historically composting used to be a thing that people were doing. And somehow we moved away from that into disposing of things in landfills and incinerators. And it's going to take these people who are sort of at the forefront and thinking about climate change and the future to really to move this and advocate for it so that it's it's more mainstream. But it's still sort of, you know, you tell some people about it and they think it's it's wild, you know,
1: Yeah, you know, you you mentioned about just Massachusetts, and there are other community-engaged, community-oriented food scrap collectors and composters in Massachusetts, and one of the reasons is that the state has banned disposal of food scraps from large-scale food scrap generators, so it's given rise to, you know, new businesses, and I know like Zero in, um, in Boston, you know, is a worker-owned cooperative of um, members from the Latinx and African-American community who you know, saw that there's investment being made in food scrap collection and composting and saying we should have one that's community engaged and builds community engaged, builds community equity. And your name is fabulous. And I am so honored to be working with so many community scale composters all across the country and they just nail the names. I mean we have soil <laughs> we have soil full city in, in D C working in um, underserved communities and, and linking it to growing food like you are and producing hot pepper sauce and common ground compost in Brooklyn you know, in, in New York, lower Manhattan and um, fertile ground compost is a cooperative in Oklahoma, worker-owned. There's just so many kind of community scale operations like yours that are really doing food systems thinking, creating local jobs, getting it back into local soil. So, you know, one of the things that the coalition is promoting is really this notion of a decentralized diverse infrastructure that builds community equity, how do you see your operation kind of fitting in with what else is going on in the state and, you know, waste management, how you're kind of countering that, I don't know, the the corporate concentration in the waste management sector and building kind of community equity and jobs, which is so critical now?
2: Yeah, I think, well, the
1: area that I
2: live in, it's pretty cool how everybody sort of works together to lift and support one another. So I think it's interesting to see sort of the, the funding trends that go on that pass through my inbox and then to go to a huge conference where there's these huge waste haulers who are there who are talking about the big new piece of equipment or whatever to, to deal with all of this. And I think in some way there, there's a role there. It's important because there's so much waste to go around. And at the same time, you also see the conversations around how we're struggling right now as a nation with contamination and recycling and, you know, running out of space and landfills. And I think people are unfortunately really disconnected to where their waste is going and how it's being disposed of. And it's because of the large corporatized system that we've created where We just throw something away and we don't have to think about it again. And so these small community scale composting operations or recycling operations are important because we are connecting with community members and bringing it to the forefront of people's minds and making it feel like an accessible thing to think and talk about and and to tackle as an issue, you know? I also think, you know, I don't know a lot about it, but... Going into a lot of those conference spaces, I often find myself as the only black woman there, <laughs> you know, or one of the few. And so I think these community scale things are more thoughtful in creating spaces for people of color and just having a team that's more reflective of the people around them. them. So.
0: Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Building Local Power. Typically, this is the point in the conversation where I'd ask you to donate to ILSR. But this week, I hope you'll take the time to seek out Black-led organizations in your community and offer them whatever support you can. If you're not sure how to get started, make a donation at m4bl.org to support the movement for Black Lives. And check out the other mutual aid resources we've included on the show page for this episode. Thank you. I was just thinking about all the ripple effects that come out of your business. You know, people getting more engaged with where their food's coming from, where their waste is, like, it, it affects everything. And... Wanted to bring up uh, something Brenda shared with us this morning, which was um, a report recently that came out from the Massachusetts Attorney General. Uh, and the quote that I have is, uh, "Science has drawn the connection between long-term environmental pollution and mortality rates for COVID-19." So I'm just uh, just wondering if your thinking has evolved since you've since you started Offbeat, or if you've noticed a the trend towards people recognizing um, the role of community composting in this broader context affecting everything from soil quality to public
2: health? Well, right now, honestly, a lot more people are, are signing up in this moment, this past week, a lot more people are signing up for offbeat compost because I think people are more willing now because of what has happened to George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, so many people before. People are Willing now to see that there's a real issue on so many levels. Um, and there's racial injustice, there's social injustice, there's environmental injustice. So I think that they are looking for solutions that are beyond, you know, protesting is so important, but solutions that will continue to tear down the uh, systemic racism that we have in place here. And so I think people now are starting to make those connections. Again, I would say the folks who have typically signed up for Offbeat are people who were, I think already in some ways making that connection. And now it's it's a conversation that's a little bit larger, but I, th- I think it's been sort of slow. I don't know, Brenda, You you've been in this for a long time. So I bet you have an opinion on that too.
1: Yeah, you know, it's, it's interesting, this report that was released, you know, in May by Massachusetts Attorney General Moore Healy, and that she recognized, you know, that communities of of color in Massachusetts have the highest rates of COVID-19 infection. But she singled out, you know, another, you know, another culprit, which was, you know, air pollution, and, you know, particulates and contribute to respiratory diseases and whatnot. So we have a long history of not only environmental racism in the U.S., but that environmental racism has been tied to, has been a problem forever in the waste management industry. I mean, incinerators and urban areas, where do they get cited? You know, in areas of least, quote, political resistance, predominantly underserved communities of color, and you know we we've seen in Detroit and Baltimore where there's asthma and respiratory issues, and these communities are living in the shadows of these incinerators. And we're seeing, you know local government facing these these massive budget crises now due to the covid nineteen. And so what are they doing? like New York City is canceling its composting, its particularly its community composting programs. But there's always money, you know, to build a wastewater treatment plant or to allow unlimited trash, you know, at curbside for the monopoly corporate trash companies to collect. And there's so much discussion now about follow the money and redirect investment into, you know, whether it's law enforcement or trash as usual and disposal and pollution, we need to you know, this is the time like to fight for hell for uh, the the world and livable and just world we want and to to redirect that investment into enterprises, businesses, the regenerative green economy that's going to, you know, take the waste that would pollute these (laughs) communities and instead, you know, convert into things like composting, in the case of what we're talking about, like what you're doing, to grow more food, to feed people and address these other like multiple issues like, you know, food sovereignty and healthy food access and sequestering carbon. So, you know, I just think your work is such, and your business and your vision is such an important piece of the the landscape now um, that, you know, what can can people do to support Offbeat Compost? And other community scale, like, what is there an action that people can do to make this case to their, uh, you know, st- local and state elected officials and decision makers? Now, what should we be fighting for in particular? Do you have anything that that comes to mind? Yeah, I mean, people just need to find companies like
2: ours in their communities and sign up to support us, you know. And then it's true. I think pushing it, you know, I don't know how municipals are right now but for the longest time we've been really trying to push somehow getting some kind of contract with the cities to make this program as accessible as possible you know we uh when COVID-19 happened we shut down for a little bit and uh then we reopened with simply some remote drop-offs to help keep drivers off the road and sort of minimize the amount of things that we were touching and That was something we were reaching out to different municipals and community members to see if we could set up drop off stations in those towns. And so that's expanded. I think, yeah, just support and and listen and and learn and, and get to know folks who are already doing this in the community and try to
0: help them. This is a question for both of you about about all this building a just and sustainable economy how we can do that and what solutions we have you've both advocated developed and advocated for the social justice principles for community composting one or both of you like to talk about those a little bit and then how they could be used by other organizations other businesses even beyond composting maybe.
1: Well, I'd, I'd be happy to start Start Kasaya, I think, at the Community Composter Coalition that the Institute, you know, helps convene. Uh, we have a social justice working group that predated Kasaya joining our steering committee and that had been working on social justice principles, particularly for community composting. And of course, there's still like a work in progress and we welcome people's feedback. And there will be a link uh, to the podcast site with a link to these principles so people can read them, but there's 10 of them. And um, I don't know, Kasaya. You know, if any of these speak to you more directly, or to your work with Offbeat, or you know, anything you want to say about them. But they do. They do range from you know, acknowledging the ways in which we all, you know, you are privileged, and um, understanding the me- mechanisms that perpetuate oppression, such as attitudes, bias, and behaviors, and creating opportunities for respectful employment. So they run the they run the gamut. But Kasaya, any thoughts? Yeah,
2: I thought, so one of them, I think it was talking about creating a safe space for diversity. Um, so I think that's important to, on all levels, make sure that, you know, in, in, when you're talking about inclusion and diversity, you're not just like hiring somebody on uh, to fit a quota, but you're, you're recognizing that, their background brings like this whole new depth and importance and knowledge to the table that's going to only help enrich the business or program that you have in place. And I think there was something on there that was also talking about even youth engagement. And I think that is something that Offbeat could strive to do better too. We've tried to, you know, have folks come out and engage with the work we're doing. We've gone to different schools and and talked about what we're doing um, and had internships. But I think, again, like there's a real opportunity there to to work with a community and build bridges with the community that is our future, you know, <laughs> so thinking about this and talking about it is it's so important.
1: Yeah. I mean, that, that the principle you're referring to is uh, principle number two, plant seeds for the future by engaging youth in the composting process. And, you know, one of the benefits of composting is that, that it can be small scale and large scale and everything in between. And, you know, every school could be having a garden and teaching students and youth to integrate um, how compost and healthy soils important to growing local food. And we know that kids will tend to eat healthy food if they're growing it themselves and have a hand in it. So right now with schools closed and, you know, there's probably never been a more important time to get kids like with you know, doing hands-on activity and engaged. And there's so much power with the youth right now in terms of protecting the climate and what they can do and food waste and in particular, you know, and composting is something that youth can all be engaged in. So I couldn't agree with you more about the need to, um, not, not not your work at Offbeat, that's up to you, of course, but just saying in general, like, a huge opportunity here to engage youth in the process and, you know, empower the next generation to, to lead in this space. And I, it's been very exciting to learn about other members of our coalition that are really like youth led and youth engaged enterprises like BK Rot in uh, Brooklyn, New York is just one of them. That's amazing.
0: You've mentioned that you've been sort of thoughtfully expanding your business. Could you share like a hope or a dream for Offbeat that you have?
2: Yeah, well, so I, I love that you mentioned BK Rock because from the beginning, they, they were my idols. I think it's again, like trying to blend that this is an enterprise but it also has like this social aspect to it that's really important. The dream for me has always been for Offbeat to have small community composting site which we sort of started with but we could have done it a lot better and we're working towards that now so we finally have some space cleared in back of our office where we're going to be able to build out a composting site that people can come to and participate in. The dream is also to have a larger site, maybe a little bit outside the city where we can do a lot more large scale processing. Um, But I think, you know, that it'll take time to build the infrastructure for that. But um, I'm I'm just really excited in the next few months to build this composting site. (laughs) I want to make it look as As it can so that people can come and really feel and understand what we're trying to do.
1: Yeah, that's awesome. And if you're a local government or just any activist, you know, listening today, contact your local government. Urge them to invest in enterprises like Offbeat Compost that build community equity, local jobs, resilient, healthy communities there is no reason to keep investing the millions, if not billions of dollars in landfills and incinerators that destroy these materials, these community assets, rather than, you know, converting them into beneficial assets that build community and reduce pollution, protect the climate, address some of this environmental racism that's been so pervasive in too many communities that contribute to to so much of the ills and what's going on. So community composting, it may seem like a small slice of, of what we can do right now, but it is foundational to so much of this work. And in the, I don't know how, if, if you're working in any of the climate justice movements, Kasaya, but I know that in um, a lot of the work, you know, it's, it's about reducing greenhouse gases locally. It's about building the community equity. And, and part of the platform's Almost always involve waste in some way. So, and I can only imagine in in Lowell, Massachusetts, it's an issue, you know, with wasting and the impact of pollution on those communities.
0: I don't think there was a question at the end of that, Brenda, correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah, yeah, I do think, I mean, not to be flippant at all about anything that is currently happening and the amount of work that we all have ahead of us still. um, But I feel like there is, um, it's a moment for hope. And uh, for, for, you know, movement towards real and lasting change for all of us, I think. So it's great to hear about the solutions that are happening out there that are already successful and that we will only continue to grow and expand their impact. So is there anything else either of you want to talk about today?
2: Brenda, you did a good job summing it up. It's like it's, it's, it's sometimes hard to focus on making change nationally or globally Uh, but the things that you can do in your community have so much impact and so I appreciate so much Institute for Local Self Alliance because you're you're thinking about this yeah we love you you have given Offbeat Compost a voice and have helped so many others you've helped sort of frame in a way how we can continue doing this work and I think yeah the the more that I have i grow with offbeat compost the more important i realize that it is and because it's local and because it's waste and because there are other people in the community who actually care uh so yeah thank you
1: it's an honor for us to be able to lift up your work kasaya so all the best let us know how we can help
0: thank you both so much for joining me today
1: thank you thank you jess and kasaya
0: Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Building Local Power podcast from the Institute for Local Self-Reliance. You can find links to what we discussed today by going to ILSR.org and clicking on the show page for this episode. That's ILSR.org. While you're there, you can sign up for one of our many newsletters and connect with us on social media. You can help us out by reading this podcast and sharing it with your friends on iTunes or wherever you find your podcasts. This show was produced by Zach Fried, Shusmita Shrestha, and me, Jess Delfiakko. Our theme music is Funk Interlude by Dysfunctional. For the Institute for Local Self-Reliance, I'm Jess Delphiaco, and I hope you'll join us again in two weeks for the next episode of Building Local Power.